introductory hello. This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. This is Superflex Scum. Superflex Scum, how fitting to what this world is that we are currently living in. Well, hello, everybody. This is Snackin' Sneak, just crushing fruit snacks all day today, bro. Bro, that sounds super good. I wish I had some fruit snacks. I was just chomping on some Trader Joe's organic elote corn chips. They don't taste like elote, but they're kind of good. A little spicy, though, so if my voice is worse than normal, everyone, sorry. Bro, does uh, Trader Joe's still sell those, like, chunk, like chunks of chocolate that look like they've just been broken off of, like, a massive piece of chocolate? Yeah, like the bark? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I remember going to Trader Joe's and they just would have like random hunks of chocolate like in a barrel. And I'm like, this is like freaking cool. And I would just grab one. <laughs> I love their peanut butter cups. I told you about those before. Like if you're at Trader Joe's, grab that little tin of peanut butter cups and you're just going to you're gonna think. Knock off peanut butter cups, bro? They're good. It's a good ratio. That's the thing. They're mini, but oh, I'm going to go get some right now, actually. Bye, everyone. All right, that's it. That's the end of the episode for uh, this week. We'll hope to catch you next week when we discuss our Sprouts favorite foods. <laughs> no, but for real, guys, we're here for another amazing episode. Glad you are with us as well. For those of us um, that are having a hot, hot summer, this heat wave hopefully dies down in the next couple weeks and we get down to the 101, 102s, and I know we'll be feeling a big difference there. But this is a very, very important episode as we are continuing our series on position ranks. Last week we did running backs. We know it was very, very helpful for everybody. I know it drew some ire from all those owners out there that weren't too happy with where some of their players landed. But that's how the cookie crumbles, folks. You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. But today is quarterback rankings. Now, we're going to get into that later. We've got the usual nonsense minute. Scum and Sneak discuss lots of fun, cool things. And then we are also in the middle of the Friendsgiving draft, slow draft as well that everyone is a part of that is taking way too long, but so be it. All right, I'm back from the store. What I miss? Uh, you'll find out when the episode airs. <laughs> Man, it is, it is a hot scummer out there. Oh, baby, it's hot. Yeah, Shneek, I think you you went into it while I was on my trip, but we've got, we've got another uh, ranking show coming up for you guys, but we're going to do a nonsense minute first, of course. Shneek, are you familiar with the game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? Yes, I am. All right. So for those who don't know, you would usually play that with two actors or actresses and you would try to connect them with other Hollywood types okay. movies that they've been in. Right. So you want to connect them in six degrees or less bonus points. If you can use Kevin Bacon, but today we're going to do that with football players and I'm calling it six degrees of Kenyon Draken. <laughs> yes. That's great. All right, so, six degrees of Kenyon Draken just because he's super old and been on a bunch of teams. And because his name fit. 
And because of the name fit perfectly. All right, Sneak, uh, name a football player. Uh, <laughs> uh, Leonard Fournette. All right, I'll say uh, Carson Palmer. So we got to somehow, in six degrees or less, connect Carson Palmer and Leonard Fournette. And we're going to say that the ball has to have like transferred between those players. So basically offensive players, um, like the quarterback passes the ball to the receiver or hands it off to the running back. So that's kind of our pathway here. Bro, I think I got it. I might bend the rules here, but I'm going to just hit you with how I think I can get to Kenyon Drake. All right, let's do it. All right. So now I have to, now I have to use one of those, one of those players or both those players. Both those guys. You have to go from Palmer to Fournette or Fournette to Palmer with Drake in the middle somewhere. Okay. Now I'm not going to get there, but I'm just going to try it. So we got Carson Palmer. He threw it to Chad Johnson, Chad Ocho Cinco on the Bengals. Yep. Chad Johnson. Did he ever play for the Dolphins? He did, right? Why does, that sounds right. Why does that sound right? We that gotta sound fact right. check me real quick. Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco Dolphins? <laughs> Yes, he did play for the Dolphins. Uh-huh. Um, well, when did he play for the Dolphins? Did he play for the Dolphins when Kenyon Drake was their running back? <laughs> I hope so. Let's see. And, I, and then I'm freaking there. So I've got to be there. And then Leonard Fournette is gets – I don't know how that works out, but I'm just saying I got there somehow. All right, let's, let's take that path. All right, Palmer to Chad Ochocinco. Ocho Cinco on the Dolphins in why won't my computer load? Uh, freaking 2012. Did he? I don't have that. He signed. He signed with the Dolphins in 2012. Oh dang! Did they release him like right away? <laughs> All right, I got one. Ready? Yeah, go for it. All right, Carson Palmer throws to Larry Fitzgerald. Right. Fitzgerald catches passes from Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray hands the ball off to Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. How many steps is that? I think we're on three or four. Uh, Kenyon Drake in 2019 when he was on the Dolphins. Was Fitzpatrick there? Yeah. And then Fitzpatrick was on the Bucks with Leonard Fournette the year before. Is that, that it? I, I, that worked. You, you freaking did it. You made it. We go. So we go Palmer to Fitz to Kyler to Drake, Kenyon Draken to, who did I say? Fitz to Forney. And that's how it's done, folks. That is how it's done. That's that's way better than I thought for. I thought for a second that I was going to be able to get there super easily. <laughs> I thought you had it too because I told you the whole time. I was like, all right, I'm just going to leave him out. <laughs> I totally forgot Chad was on the Dolphins, but that's because he wasn't really on the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the Dolphins for like two months. That's so funny. Well, there you guys go. Six degrees of Kenyon Draken. All right, we need to make that a uh, permanent <laughs> on the show. That was that was great. 
Finn and Drake in it. Amazing. Let's move on. We're ready. We're here. We're in the middle of July. We're in the middle of the scummer of rankings. So let's just get after it with. It's scummer of rankings. Quarterbacks. Quarterback rankings. We got the top 12 guys that we have ranked. Uh, Scum, you go ahead and start with your list, and I will piggyback off of yours. All right, we're going to go from bottom to top, as we always do. And I don't know, there's probably a group of names that are going to be pretty similar at the top. I had trouble with the bottom, so I'm going to kick it off here with number 12, and I'm starting off by cheating because my number 12 quarterback this year is Jameis Winston slash Taysom Hill. Wow. Maybe both combined. I don't know. That's where we're going to start. Number 11, Jalen Hurts. Number 10, Matt Stafford. Number nine, Tom Brady. Number eight, Justin Herbert. Number seven, Brian Tannehill. Six, Russell Wilson. Five, Kyler Murray. Four, Lamar Jackson. Three, Dak Prescott. Two, Josh Allen. And at number one, of course, Patty Mahomes. Dang. I'm just shocked that you got Winston and Taysom Hill down there at the bottom. But well, Explain that to me just real quick. Uh, so we'll probably talk about it a little more, but I just couldn't put – I couldn't find another quarterback that I wanted or that I had that much confidence in. Uh, Jared Goff, not tie on. Um, Carson Wentz probably is in the running there, but, you know, we haven't seen it from him in a couple of years. You know, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins are just kind of like they're in the running as well, but they're kind of boring options. Matt Ryan just lost Julio, so it's kind of tough to say that he's really going to be putting up huge, huge numbers. So that was my thinking. I was just kind of down to the to the bottom of my list and figured – I believe in either Taysom having a lot of rushing touchdowns or Jameis having, you know, a full season and doing what he did with the Bucks and just kind of having these high yardage and touchdown games, even though we're mixing in the interceptions, he can still produce for fantasy. That's what I think about the Saints, guys. I just believe still in Sean Payton and the offense just kind of manufacturing things to work. So, All right. Well, here's my list. Uh, I kind of, well, never mind. I'm just going to just go with it. <clears throat> Number 12, Matt Stafford. 11, Joe Burrow. 10, Big Ben Roethlisberger. 9, Lamar Jackson. 8, Tanny Tannehill. 7, Kyler Murray. 6, Brady. 5, Justin Herbert. 4, Josh Allen. Three, Russ Wilson. Two, Patrick Mahomes. And number one, my man, Dak Prescott. Oh, boy. Love it. I, I just have one question for you. Okay. And that's why is Daniel Jones not on your list? He will come up later. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So I think let's just start off the conversation because there's a – we have a lot of the same guys, but there's a trend to like who we believe will finish at the top versus the bottom. And I'll just give my reasoning, right? So why I have 
your Lamars, your Kylers ahead of guys like Herbert and Brady, where you have it flipped, is the rushing. We talked about it a lot last year. We mm-hmm. talked about why Lamar, even though he has a down year last year, still finishes at 10. It's because of the rushing touchdowns uh, and the rushing yardage. So I don't know. What Do you just feel like there's either going to be a regression of some of that stuff, like they're going to pull back the reins on guys like Kyler and Lamar, or do you just feel like because they're so-so as passers or whatever, like the the yardage and the six-point passing touchdowns will still elevate, like I said, your Brady's and your uh, Herbert's, guys like that, above the, the rushing dual-threat guys? Yeah, I think it just comes down to I have a lot more confidence in Herbert, Brady, and whoever else to outscore those players, regardless of the rushing. I mean, and if you want to talk rushing a little bit, Herbert had, what, four rushing touchdowns last year? Yeah, no, for sure. And I just, I'm very confident in Herbert even taking a bigger step this year with his skill set. And also, it's very hard for me to continually say, like, Brady's washed and over with and not going to be as good when he just, had an, an, another amazing statistical year last year with all the same players this year. Why would he not have the same statistical year? Yeah. You know, my feelings on the likes of Lamar and Kyler. Yeah, they're good. They're in my top 12 and yes, they rush, but I think, I guess to, to your point, there is a little bit there that I just feel like the passing skills of those other quarterbacks, Herbert Brady, so on, are going to be, are obviously Light years, to my opinion, better than Kyler and Lamar Jackson, and their rushing won't be enough to supplant that. And the likes of Herbert, even the likes of – not Brady's not a rusher, but anyone else you want to say that's not technically a rusher can still get some rushing points. Yeah. Every quarterback out there that's young enough, that's got – you know, is going to do anywhere from two to maybe 400 yards a season, maybe a couple goal line touchdowns, maybe another couple fluke rear running. So they're going to make up for it there, and I feel like – Lamar Kyler won't make up for it in the passing. So that's why I put those players where that's why I kind of, I would, if we're talking those four specifically on why the reasoning was to have who I had in front. Yeah. To your point too, about the, the guys like Herbert, like Tannehill, they can rush. It's not like they're statues back there, like Peyton Manning of old or like Tom Brady. Now, like they can get out and scramble. So they have a nice cushion of rushing. But the reason that I still put, Kyler Lamar up pretty high is, you know, Kyler finished up at what three last year, two or three, something like that off the back of 800, 900 yards rushing, and then 11 rushing touchdowns. I think that'll come down and we'll talk about that more coming up, but there's just, there's just so much, there's so many points there available to those guys. That it's just hard for me to say that they're going to be, they're, they're going to be that bad of passers to get below those guys who, like you said, Brady, Herbert, they kind of had like monster near historic years last year. Herbert for sure had a historic rookie year and they were still not outscoring like a Kyler. Uh, they beat out Lamar, who was that bad, but you know, we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, just kind of showing off where we maybe differ on not even the value of rushing, but how much we think it factors in right to those end of the year ranks. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start at the bottom, though. I, You asked my opinion on the Saints, guys. Like I said, it was kind of a 
a cop out putting both of them on there, but were they even in consideration for you? Do you, you just don't have any confidence in either of them, or you just assume they're going to be like splitting half the year, like swapping back and forth. Uh, honestly, didn't even think about them. Didn't even, they didn't even cross my mind for any way, shape or form. The saints quarterbacks were not even in the wheelhouse whatsoever. So yeah, got really nothing to say there. I didn't even, I basically forgot about them. <laughs> I, I totally get that. Uh, like I said, I don't feel great about it, but again, to the rushing point, like if you were to say like, who are the top five quarterbacks that if they started the whole year, like they would potentially rush for like 10 touchdowns, Taysom Hill's in that category. Right. So that was, that was my big thing. And then, I also said already, we've seen Jameis have a top five season despite all his Jameisness. So, yeah, putting them out there. The difference, one of the different people we had on our list then was Joe Burrow. I didn't have him in my top 12. And that was mostly just because of the, the injury thing. Coming off a major knee surgery, knee basically like full on repair, every part of his knee needed, needed help. So, I think there'll just be like a slow go of it in the beginning of the year. Also, he's going to have to acclimate. I know that he's got history with Jamar Chase, but still there is a rookie there. He's going to learn the system. So I think that you'll be happier with his performances at the end of the year, but to start off, he's not going to be great. And then he also is in that division with playing the Steelers and the Ravens twice. I think, I think that matters towards your end of the year finish. Like he's got four tough games he probably won't be your top, what, six or seven guy that week at least. So, so I I know. Yeah, great points. I love the point with the schedule down the stretch. Didn't think about that for me. But we've been giving Joe Burrow so much love on this show. We've been talking about him being one of the, you know, the next best greats and the way that offense has been retooled to really focus on him. I felt like I would be remiss if I didn't put him in my top 12. That's why he's just right down there at 11, just a little bit higher up than Stafford, because if he's got, a, if he's healthy, all of his receivers are healthy, potentially being down in games there, his stat, like, again, my ranking system, just like with running backs is based off of fantasy stats. I'm not talking about wins or losses. I'm not talking about other intangibles, whatever. I'm just talking about strict stat wise that you're going to want to get points on your team and I think Burrow is going to get there at that 11 spot strictly because of being down, being good, having the receivers that he has and the, and the opportunity to really pad stats, even in bad situations. That's a good point for sure. The garbage time will probably factor in a lot to his scores. So yeah, I'm not, if he bumps Jamison Taysom, yeah, uh, I'm not going to be surprised one bit. Let's talk about the other guys that we had different, and then we'll start to go with where we match up and where they rank on both of our lists. You have Ben Roethlisberger at 10. I have Jalen Hurts at 11. Again, I just, I'm not necessarily sold on Jalen Hurts as uh, a winning go-to kind of foundational quarterback for the Eagles, but he doesn't have any competition necessarily, so – He's going to start the whole year and he's got the same rushing upside that some of the other guys do. So at 11, you know, just sneaking in off the back of 800 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns, and then mediocre passing, like 
I think that's that's enough to get him into that bottom tier. Again, over some of those guys that are just strictly passers like Goff and Ryan, guys like that, who aren't going to blow away with passing yards and touchdowns. Yeah, clearly we've got a little bit of a different mentality here because you focused a lot on quarterback rushing. And honestly, I really didn't factor that into my thought process, even though a lot of these players you just naturally know are going to be better runners. But with me, with the Big Ben, this is probably his last year. He's got three really good receivers, new running back. I think he's going to go out there and at the very least try to finish his career with a great statistical year pushing for playoffs, pushing for Super Bowl, all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of playing off of that, like, you know, swan song season that a lot of players have that have been around for so long that have been, you know, big notoriety players, big names. So that's where I went with Big Ben there. Uh, The Jalen Hurts thing for me, I just, I think there's a lot, there's been a lot of issues with that whole Eagles thing, with the Wentz thing, with him. Now he's the guy. Is he, can he really be the guy? Do the Eagles actually want him to be the guy? Are they setting him up for success or, or whatever? I just think there's sometimes if there's too much confusion when I think about a team or a player, especially number, like what they did. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. He's going to rush 800 yards, whatever he's going to, but is he really going to be mentally there to be able to actually put together a season? Are the Eagles going to get weird if they lose like a couple games and try to like do something and really like, I don't know, like they get rid of their Super Bowl head winning coach, they get rid of Wentz, like they're kind of, I feel like the Eagles are in this weird tumultuous relationship right now with their players and it's not maybe the best situation. So Hertz didn't cross my mind and I just, honestly, I don't even really think he's that good and can be a sustainable type quarterback. So that's why he's not on my list. That's why I don't think he's going to be top 12. Uh, yeah, he might have a 100 yard rushing game, 300 yard passing game, but it's going to be an anomaly if he puts anything consistent together. And I just think big Ben, with possibly being his last year, the way that offense is and the way, I mean, he still was doing really good statistically last year. So that's the reason why I think we've got the differences there, but I didn't factor in rushing. I just kind of factored in history and the points fantasy point potential. And I I just don't see Hertz being a guy that you want to rely upon or is going to crack that top 12. Yeah. I, you know, this is probably more telling where I, I wouldn't draft Jalen Hurts as one of the first 12 quarterbacks. Like for me personally, I would probably pick some other guys. But I just think where he's going to finish is, is going to be, again, driven by those rushing numbers. I don't necessarily like prefer it in my quarterbacks. I don't think it's always a winning recipe. But just looking at fantasy points, like, they just add up, especially once you get to those high numbers. But looking to at the other side of it, Big Ben did finish at 13 last year, which I'm kind of surprised to see. So like you mentioned, I think off the back of those three really good receivers and just the passing volume they have, I think adding Najee Harris does help him. Just easy dump offs um, where he's going to be getting, uh, you know, passing yardage out of that and just helps the offense in general. So not, again, I don't, I'm not heavily disagreeing with your call. I do think he really faded last year and kind of like his arm wasn't looking great at all, but there's reports that he's focusing on his diet and his workouts right now. So maybe a little more bounce back of health after another year since the last injury. 
Mm-hmm. Ben could be there for sure. Just, as we see the older guys, like you said, they tend to have a nice swan song, pretty good statistically, but they're just not slinging it. They're more successful game managers like Philip last year, Philip Rivers. Okay. Was yeah. Good, led a good Colts team, but he wasn't throwing it up and down the field necessarily. He had right. one of his better years, especially compared to the last couple of Chargers years. But, you know, it's, once that arm goes and you're not Tom Brady, it starts to look a little rough. Even Peyton's last years, you know. Good point. Fair point. Let's go on to a guy, though, that we both do like, at least for our top 12. Matthew Stafford. You had him at 12. I have him at 10. Matthew Stafford on a new team with the Rams, but we both think he's going to be top 12 in that new situation. Yeah, I think we're both just not much really to to say here except for new team. Plenty of weapons around him. McVay is going to get him out there and show off that arm and his skill set that he's shown him at the with the Lions the last ten years. Uh, statistical wise, it's I feel like you know even at number twelve, it's going to be a no brainer for me to have Stafford in that top twelve ranking at quarterback. It's I, it's going to be a it's, I think like, I guess best way to put it for me, it's going to be hard for him not to get that with the way that offense is geared on what they want to do. And it's clear what they want to do. They drafted a receiver. They drafted a receiver last year. Like they've got just plenty of offensive people to put in there to make Stafford successful. And why go out there and trade for him If you're not going to just focus on that, you know, like I don't, I don't see how he doesn't make a top 12 stat performance this year. And I'm excited to see it. He's available. Anybody who wants to trade for him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think what we're only three years removed from Goff being like a top five quarterback in Sean McVay's offense. Matthew Stafford is obviously an upgrade over Jared Goff. He has the history in his career, throwing for like 5,000 yards, I think, at one point. So he's a really good fit for that team. He's got weapons. Like you said, I don't see a world where he doesn't make it in the top 12 as long as he stays healthy. So if there's much more to say, like we all, I think we all agree that he's going to be a good, pretty safe option. Just doesn't have the upside to be like your number one overall this year. Let's see. Last year, Stafford finished the number 15 quarterback and didn't really have too much of a remarkable year. Still threw for 4,000 yards, pretty impressive, but 26 touchdowns. I think he could easily get up into that 30 range. Yeah, will put him into probably top, uh, easily a top twelve category in the way these uh, the league has scored. So I think if he throws himself another four to eight touchdowns, which he definitely could, he moves in there easily. So it's hard to deny that. And anyone who wants to make a case for it, so be it. We're here to listen. Let's now talk about we have. Ryan Tannehill in a similar range. Let's talk about him. I have him at seven. You have him at eight. And he's another one of the guys you have on your team. So let's paint a nice rosy picture for you to sell to someone else. Okay. Ryan Tannehill was the number nine quarterback last year. They lost Johnny Smith, but they added Julio Jones. Ryan Tannehill's last, what? Freaking, let me see here. Let me get these stats going. Last five Five games or so, you want to talk rushing? Two, four, six touchdowns from week 12 to week 17. I like that. 
rushing touchdowns. Yep. I mean, there's games where Tannehill had 200 yards and three touchdowns at the half. Yeah. He's weirdly like, I guess you could call it like a quick volume. Like all of a sudden you look up and he's thrown three touchdowns. It's the first quarter. Now he might not do anything the rest of the game, but you've already got your three. Like he, they're a quick strike offense. He's obviously in, in zone with AJ Brown. He was with the players last year and just adding Julio. You could, even if you go from nine to eight this year, he's, he's in the middle of a top 12 ranked system. You know, whoever, however your system you're doing to rank a quarterback you're going to pick Tannehill out of that spot? Like, no, I don't, I don't, I truly don't think so. Uh, he's got, yeah, you want to talk rushing as one of the big things that I think about with Tannehill. You don't maybe think of him as a runner, but I mean, he's had a couple big breakoff runs. And then all of a sudden, if you've got Tannehill thrown for 250 and three touchdowns, adding in 40 yards rushing, like, okay, there's another four points. Uh, so for me, it's just, it's too easy. And again, too hard to knock him out of that top 12. I have him at what? I have him at eight, even if he is 10. That's better than a lot of the quarterbacks that people are putting out there every, every single week. So come get him if you need a solid, consistent quarterback that you know that you can rely on and who has A.J. Brown and Julio Jones to throw to. Yep. I, I really like Tannehill this year. I think I just think he's going to have a really good year. You mentioned it, but he added Julio Jones. Like, that's going to help him out tremendously. He was already throwing to A.J. Brown. So, you know, losing Corey Davis, adding Julio, that's a win for Tannehill. And like you brought up, he does have a nice rushing floor, rushing um, capabilities. He's not going to be at that same level where it's 800, 900 yards, but he knows how to scramble. He can get you know, that easy, like, rollout, oh, they're double-teaming AJ, they're double-teaming Julio, I'll just waltz into the end zone. You know, he's definitely capable of that. So I just think he's got the potential to be right there at the top with also a uh, a bottom, like, a low level. If he has a bad year, he's not falling out of, like, that top eight because he's just so efficient, that offense is so good, and – the, the defenses that the Titans have to go up against have to be concerned with Derrick Henry. And that just makes things so much easier on Tannehill. Yeah, and I think the just going back to the whole rushing thing with quarterbacks, if you're relying, if you're drafting or having a quarterback because they're a rusher, I think that is where the trouble comes in because once that goes away, it's easier to take away, I feel like, a quarterback's rushing ability than their passing ability. So with Tannehill or with Herbert or Dak or Mahomes or whoever, where they are very much capable rushers. Uh, they're going to get you that two to four touchdowns, that 400 yards. That's just added bonus to their amazing passing abilities as quarterbacks. So that's where I come from with the whole rushing thing with quarterbacks. Like I want it to be like a bonus, not something that I rely upon or that is who they are as a player, such as Kyler, Lamar, so be it. Yeah, let's just go in and kind of wrap up maybe the rushing conversation by talking about Kyler and Lamar. So, again, I have Lamar at four, Kyler at five. You have Kyler at seven and Lamar at nine. So, first, tell me why we're different and which one we think will be better this year. You have Kyler ranked ahead, and I'm going to guess because that's because Kyler is a better passer 
than Lamar and in a more uh, passing friendly offense. Uh, hit it right on the nose. A lot more weapons, a better passer than Lamar. I'm not a Kyler Murray fan, but again, this kind of goes back to what I was saying with the running back rankings. It's, you know, you're going to come, come a point where it's going to be hard to not have certain players in there. And, you know, I, I, let me pull up. What did Kyler finish last year? Three. So I have him at seven. I say he's going to have a drop off of four points. He could very well not do that. But in terms of Kyler over Lamar, we're talking about the rushing factor of quarterbacks. Kyler is clearly a better passer than Lamar, has way better weapons than Hopkins and, you know, whoever else they have. <laughs> I guess he does. <laughs> Who else do they have? Uh, they added AJ Green. AJ Green. They drafted Rondale Moore. Drafted a guy. So whatever. I just, you know, with Hopkins alone is way better than anyone the Ravens are thrown to. So, yeah. So that's my, I guess, justification there. And Kyler, and at least in terms of like in running backs, when you get down to the, you know, the, the red zone or goal line, even though Lamar Jackson runs a ton of touchdowns in from that, I feel like at least I'm hoping for trying to put that out in the world that Dobbins becomes more of that, like, running back presence for in the red zone, but the Cardinals with Kyler, they don't have that. And they'll just, this will be another year where Kyler gets more rushing touchdowns closer. Lamar Jackson to me is going to get those rushing touchdowns from like the 50 where he just breaks and makes a cut and then no one can catch him. And I think the Ravens are going to rely more on their running backs in the red zone goal line situation this year, as is the Cardinals. Well, not. So in terms of rushing there, Kyler, better rushing prospect. In terms of passing, better. So that's why I got him at seven and Lamar nine. So I have them flipped, and I think it's because I do think Lamar is just better in general. He is, he's a better rusher. So he rushed for more yards last year, but less touchdowns than Kyler. Lamar rushed for seven. He rushed for seven the year before that. Kyler last year rushed for 11 rushing touchdowns which was a huge jump from the year before, which was four. So I think that Kyler's rushing touchdowns come down, which is another reason why I ranked him below Lamar. I still think he'll have a decent number, six or seven. Um, but they also threw the same number of touchdowns last year, actually. They both threw 26. And Kyler threw 12 interceptions. Lamar Jackson last year threw – I think nine interceptions. Hmm. Kyler just threw for like a thousand more yards. So I think that it was definitely a bad year for Lamar last year, but looking at the touchdown totals and, and the interceptions, it wasn't that bad compared to Kyler. Um, they invested in some offensive weapons on the outside. The Ravens did. So I think he's going to bounce back. Lamar is as a passer. I don't know if he'll repeat his, uh, 36 touchdowns, six interceptions from his MVP year. But I think he can get to 30, keep those interceptions about the same. His rushing floor is consistent, where I think Kyler's was, again, more of an aberration last year. It was on the high end. Okay. And his touchdowns, maybe he improves as well as a passer. But I have them ranked back-to-back. -back. I just think Lamar is a little more trustworthy. And then overall, again, I give more credence to those rushing numbers just because – Yes, I agree with you that, like, you don't want to rely on it as uh, their main thing. 
but they are still putting up decent, you know, middling quarterback passing numbers, you know, uh, not as many yards as like Stafford, but didn't you say he threw 26 touchdowns last year too? When you're looking yeah. at numbers? Yeah. So, you know, what you would get out of your, uh, who's like a middle quarterback, like Fitzpatrick, maybe passing, like you're going to get that plus the bonus rushing and then a little more because they're the top end rushers. So I feel like I'm maybe rambling a little bit, but hopefully that makes sense where I don't want it to be the only thing that they can do. And that's why I think Jalen hurts is a little lower. Um, I think he's like the worst of the three in passing. So rushing is really his only kind of contributing factor, but I think yeah. Lamar and Kyler are more capable passers. They'll have decent years in that realm and then just top, top end rushing. So I put them way higher in the rankings because you're combining really two really good things. So it's not just a small bonus. It's a major bonus compared to some of the other guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now that does lead to more chances to get injured and they might miss more games or like Kyler definitely struggled with some shoulder stuff last year towards the end. Like he started off really hot, struggled. Um, maybe that's why Lamar had a bad season last year is some of that stuff started to catch up to him. So there's definitely that that we sh- that I should probably factor in and maybe bump them down a little bit, but I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's too much of a, of an advantage over some of the other quarterbacks that it became the separator for me really like after my top three, uh, the four through nine range where it's like Lamar and Kyler as rushers. And then uh, Russ Wilson, Tannehill, Herbert and Brady that are better passers. They're all kind of in the same tier. If you want to use that term for me, some just give different things. And I think the rushing is a little bit of a separator just because those yards too count way more than passing yards. So Hmm. Again, a long-winded kind of rant. So hopefully that again kind of at least you could follow the pathway to that. But we'll move on now from that rushing rushing conversation and just talk about what we think about these players. So let's go to Tom Brady. You have him at six. I have him at nine. He's coming off of a Super Bowl and a super impressive year, like you mentioned. With yeah, no- really. Best thing I can say about that is I just I predict that he's going to repeat the same similar statistical year that he had last year. He's got all the returning skill players back with him. And I don't until we really see something different from him. It's hard to put not put him in the top. He was seven last year. I've got him here at six to basically do the exact same thing. Forty six hundred yards, 40 touchdowns, even a drop off there is going to still bring him top 10. So I've got him at six. Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, his tight ends, his running backs. It's, yeah, I mean, it's Tom Brady. What else you want to say? He showed us again last year that he just could have an amazing, an amazing season at the age with you give him, you know, the tools around him. And I just don't really know what else I can say other than I predict he's going to do it again. <laughs> Yeah, and historically, people have pointed out that year two in the Bruce Arians offense is another big leap for quarterbacks. I don't know how much more Tom Brady could leap, but like you mentioned, they're bringing back all the same guys, and all those weapons are are great. You know, he's got probably 
the best full complement of receiving options in the league, I would say. I mean, just like top to bottom, it's deep, it's good. The knock I have against him is one, I don't like Tom Brady just because he's <laughs> been a thorn in, in my fandom side for years. And secondly, he's the, the least mobile of that group of guys I've mentioned already. So yeah, maybe hyper-focused on the rushing, but he'll sneak a couple in, right? Like two or three a year, but that's it. He's not scrambling. He's not getting bonus yardage there. So that's why I gave him the, the last ranking in that group. But really, that's the only reason. If he beats that, I'm not going to be surprised because Tom Brady lives to just foil my expectations of him. Yeah, out of all the players here, obviously there's zero rushing upside with him, but, but yeah, maybe a rush or a sneak here and there, but he doesn't, he don't need it. Now let's go on to the new GOAT, the young buck, Justin Herbert from the LA Chargers. I had him low at number eight. You had him probably accurate at number five. Yeah, freaking love Justin Herbert, dude. Just had an awesome rookie year. I don't see how that, uh, unless he has a huge regression, sophomore slump, uh, maybe he, ah, but just he's a physical specimen, Got a just got an amazing, fun arm that can just sling that sucker all over the place. Uh, he's, a, he's a little bit of a risk taker, I feel like, when he's back there. He's not afraid to you know, go for the first down or go for that touchdown and thread the needle and, you know, stick it between two defenders, which always is a plus. I feel like with your quarterback that they're willing to keep drives alive and go for it because when it pays off, you as an owner will get more points that way. And I just think he's like, he's a gamer. He's a gunner. That offense is poised. I think Eckler's going to get, you know, close to hundred catches. You know, you got Keenan Allen back. Who's a star. They've got, you know, they don't have Hunter Henry, but they got Jared Cook this year. Uh, they, you know, any of those young receivers back there are going to get their opportunities. Yeah. I mean, what more can you say about him? He, he was such a rookie season, with such a good rookie season that he had. What am I supposed to do? Put him not in the top 12? I think he's just going to keep progressing. Uh, I think last year, what was his his finish last year, not that we need to do this on every player, but stats-wise, we had him at number 10. 10. Uh, so, yeah, even if he does the same thing, top top 10, I have him at five. Maybe he can and maybe he can jump the likes of Tanny or maybe, you know, Deshaun Watson was in there last year. We both don't have him on our list. He's not going to be there again, so – I don't see – I see that there's a path that Herbert could be a top-five quarterback this year, and I'm very confident in that. Yeah, I think, too, another boost for him that I'm excited about as a fan of the Chargers is our offensive line improvements. Now, how many times have the Chargers gone in the offseason focusing on offensive line, and then we get the same old, like, injuries and bad plays? So maybe this is the year that breaks and it actually comes to fruition, but – I'm at least hoping that is the case. And that only means good things for Justin Herbert. They've also given him some more weapons. They lost Hunter Henry, but they replaced him with Jared Cook. So, you know, I would say Hunter's probably better, but it's not that big of a drop off and maybe even gives you more of a, like a red zone presence with Jared Cook. 
Um, they drafted another receiver. So just focusing on the weapons and you know what? I'm not going to say anything bad about him. He's going to have a great year. I mentioned that my ranking of eight was probably too low. So I'm hoping you're right and hoping that he even jumps higher and gets to those upper echelon levels. But I feel like this is a good time for a break before we get into our top tier guys and also to give everyone a rest from hearing me talk about how much quarterbacks rush. So let's take this time to hear a word from one of our favorite sponsors. Well, hello there, everybody. It is Sneak Sweets once again with a promotional ad for the Scum and Sneak Show. We're coming at you with something a little bit new, and I want you to just keep an open mind, all right? This is what we're going to do. We're going to start with a marshmallow. Mm, ooey and gooey. Dip it in melted butter. Get it nice and coated. Sprinkle on that cinnamon and sugar. Now what are you going to do with it? Wrap that sucker in a crescent roll. Throw that baby in the oven and voila. You have a scrumptious sweet snack to have while you're watching that Sunday night game. Enjoying football because it's almost here, folks. Don't be afraid to try something different in the kitchen. Sneak Sweets is always here to help you and keep that sweet tooth yummy. Sneak Sweets. And we're back after a delicious ad, I might say. Mm, can't wait. So we're into, well, your top four, my top three plus one. So let's go with, let's go with Russell Wilson, who has traditionally been at least at like a top six guy. Usually dabbles in the top three. The only bad thing that I think we have to say about Russell Wilson is that he is kind of up and down you'll have huge monster games and then there's a couple duds in there so throughout the season maybe you're not as as happy as someone who would kind of put out steadier output like they don't have the the big blow-up games but they never kill you in a week does that sound accurate as a as a former manager of russell wilson 100% accurate, and that was my biggest factor that I, you know, thought about with this ranking. I have him at number three last year, finished at number six, and that's just me putting the faith in Russell Wilson that he's not going to have those dud games this year. He's going to be a lot more consistent, and which will then translate into him jumping up a couple more spots. There definitely were some. He started out hot and heavy last year, and then there was. A little bit of a dud and then he's back hot and heavy and then it was like dud and it was kind of like middle of the road and then it was dud dud and then we're kind of back and then it was dud and it was middle middle so with kind of taking that whole average of his season putting it into more of that above average to having the, the blow up games I think pushes him into that number three category I don't think he's going to let that happen again I think he's too much of a uh, work hard professional wants to be great wants to be noticed as a great and with that weird offseason stuff about acting like he didn't want to be in Seattle anymore or what have you and uh, all that stuff now seems to be gone I think he's come out there and prove that if he if there was ever a year to prove that he is legit and not someone that can have off games and and you know throw a bunch of picks or whatever it's going to be this year so that's the reason why I put him at three is because I'm just basically putting in the faith that he's going to not have as many of those bad games last year. I mean, week 10, 11 fantasy points, week 
12, 17 fantasy points, week 13, 18 fantasy points. That's just not acceptable for Russell Wilson with the talent that he has around him and the skill set that he has. So you take those games, you add instead of 17, it's 30. Instead of 11, it's 29. That puts him another spot here, another spot there. So that's my biggest uh, proponent and, and, and whatever you want to say that I brought him up to number three after finishing last year at number six. Yeah. I mean, six is where I had him. So I expect at least the very same as last year, which is still really good. Ideally, like you said, it's we're eliminating those dud games, but with Tyler Lockett, with DK Metcalf, like he's going to succeed. Right. And I'll try not to tarp on it too much, but he's, he can scramble. He'll get you those yards. He'll rush for some touchdowns. So there's that. And I don't know, is there someone that you have as much confidence in, I guess, aside from maybe like Mahomes and Brady, as far as like an actual quarterback, like Mm -hmm. to succeed, to just, to just to be good. Yeah, no, 100%. You just always feel that he's going to just always be good. So, I mean, I will say too, maybe there, there is a chance for him to drop off a little bit, right? Because the rumblings in Seattle, the reason that their offensive coordinator left was that Pete Carroll wanted to run the ball a little more. There's also the stuff with Russell Wilson, maybe not being happy there because of those things, right? Like they had, there was some trade rumors early in the off season. Those have died down a little bit, but I don't think that that would really hurt him too much. We've seen heavy rushing attacks from Seattle before with Marshawn with the earlier Chris Carson years. So it's not like you can't overcome that, but is, is that something that you feel like, or what do you think about that? Do you think it matters at all or probably not? Uh, I don't know if it matters much. All right. Me either. Just, just put it out there. <laughs> all right. Let's get into the big boys here. You have Josh Allen at four. I have him at two, not that big of a difference, but, what is there anything that you are necessarily low on for Josh Allen? Do you think last year was maybe like a peak year and he might regress a little bit or is it just, you know, Dak Mahomes, Russ, or just the cream of the crop for you? Yeah, I, I think it's more so that those other three are the cream of the crop for me. Uh, I, I know Allen finished number one last year. Uh, I guess if I could try to find one thing, I'm not as excited about his supporting cast behind Diggs. Uh, but really, they're really, I don't know if I can even try to find a reason why he's there. He's clearly a really good quarterback, and I'm having him here at number four. I guess you could maybe try to, in my my rankings, if you wanted to swap, you could maybe do a Russ and an Allen swap, uh, but I think for me, clear cut, Dak and Mahomes at the top, and then you, you can kind of do what you will with the Allen-Russ-Herb situation. But, yeah, nothing really – reasoning for it I just I knew what I wanted at my one and two and Alan had to go somewhere and I probably kind of back to what you said I just have more confidence in Russell Wilson week in and week out than I do Josh Allen yeah I mean I might have him a little too high honestly kind of looking at it but I think that he just really proved himself last year even in I remember because I I I had him on one of my teams in the playoffs last year and he was going up against the Patriots, I think, or the Steelers, just like someone good. 
a really good defense. And I was like, not sure if I wanted to play him. And he overcame that, had another great game. And like he did the whole, the whole rest of the season. So I just think he is going to repeat all that. Nothing has really changed on their team, bringing back um, everyone except for John Brown, who was missing time last year. Anyway, they didn't upgrade the running game. You know, maybe Zach Moss is a little healthier and is a little more accustomed to the NFL in a second year, but they're still going to be passed first. And he's got such a great connection with Diggs. That's going to be a locked in like 1400 yards right there. And what eight, nine touchdowns. So on top of everything else you can do, I just, I am prime for another repeat big season. I think that I would rather have the next two guys we're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. So I should probably flip Josh Allen and Dak, but I just think he's going to be super good. And I also invested a lot in him in two super flex leagues. So I got to, I got to back that horse. You got to back that up when you got him all over the board. I hear you. Let's move on to, well, we have these guys flipped again at the top of our list, like we did with the running back. So Patrick Mahomes at one for me, two for you, Dak Prescott at one for you, that two, three line for me. Let's start with Dak who was on pace to be easily the quarterback one last year, who should be back fine from that ankle injury. And another guy where why would we expect less than what he was doing before he got injured last year, right? Exactly. That was my biggest, biggest factor is Dak Prescott was on an unprecedented statistical pace before his injury last year. And I don't want to hear garbage time points and whatever, because this is fantasy football. Just like I was saying, you want to get guys that are going to score you points. And Dak was on an unbelievable tear for those first four weeks last year. I, if he would have not gotten hurt, he would have just had some of the most amazing stat lines you'd ever see in a quarterback. He's, in my opinion, he's got the greatest supporting cast you could ever ask for in a quarterback. So number one, coming back from the injury, he is going to have an absolute monster comeback season and will be the number one quarterback this year, without a doubt in my mind. And I think if you search your hearts, you would <laughs> believe that from even though you want to, people have their own guys and their own opinions, but truly Dak is set up coming off of his injury with the offense that he has, showing what he's done in the past with the big contract. He's going to go out there and he's going to play even better. And I mean, there was games where he was scoring 50, 60 points, like, yeah, and that defense is horrible. There's going to be plenty of come from behind, plenty of, uh, you know, garbage time, whatever. It doesn't matter. You just – and he's good. I don't know. I just have no – I have so much good things to say about Dak. I love him. I don't plan on ever getting rid of him. But if someone wants him, <laughs> come and get him. He's going to pay – you're going to pay a hefty price, but you are going to have the number one quarterback on your team probably for the next – at least this year, probably for the next couple of years, the way that offense is set up. Now, you can say those exact same things about Mahomes, but I truly believe that Dak has a better supporting cast than Mahomes. Yeah, when you look at the receiving options, Amari, stud, Michael Gallup, stud, CeeDee Lamb, breakout this year, Blake Jarwin even coming back from an ACL. like Yeah, Blake Jarwin coming back. Dalton Schultz was a very suitable tight end option, option last year, and in the backfield, you got Elliott and Pollard. Like, all of those names are names that any normal fantasy football player knows. 
Yeah, now, I Jack, talked about in terms of in terms of overall skill and pedigree and whatever, you could say that Mahomes is obviously a more skilled quarterback. And so then he makes his supporting cast better. Like he's got Tyreek Hill, he's got Travis Kelsey, and you got people like Hardman and whoever else they can throw in there. Those players are elevated because of Mahomes, but Dak is has already those players in place that are already good enough. And he's got so many of them. And Dak is already very good. And the factoring of being, I mean, one thing that you have to sometimes think about is the fact that that Cowboys defense is, is horrible. So they're going to be in shootouts. They're going to be behind, which is going to lead it to being more. You don't, I mean, you want your guys to score as many fancy points as possible. It doesn't matter how they get there. Like that. So that's my factor. One of my major factors there as well. Yeah, I mean, if it's... I mean, I'll defend Dak till I die. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not much to defend. Like, what are we going to say against him other than maybe, I mean, I don't know. Uh, like, they try to run Zeke into the ground. Like, that's the only thing that's, like, difference. But if they're behind, they have to throw the ball. So, I mean, I don't know. They're... I, who are you defending him against, I guess, is the question. I don't think anyone, really. Right. Let's talk about Mahomes. And I think that, for me, it's like, yeah, I don't necessarily expect him to be, like, number one, for sure, to lock it in, like, score the most points. But he's a guy who I'm like, even if he has a bad year, he's not falling out of the top five. You know what I mean? Like. I have that's the confidence I have in Patrick Mahomes. And then there's always the potential, like where he repeats that year where he threw for 50 touchdowns. That's in the cards. They're in their Super Bowl window. There's no reason for them to really like get, put their foot off the gas. They want to make it to a third one in a row and try to win again. So Tyreek's there. Kelsey's there. It's never really mattered who else was there after those two. So I don't know. I think another guy like Dak, where what what bad things do you have to say about Mahomes, right? Yeah, I, got, I mean, there's nothing bad to say about him as well. You know, Tyreek Hill had, what, like freaking 20 touchdowns or something last year. Kelsey, another 10. So you got that production from two guys. You're already in the 30, which we just mentioned. You know, the likes of Stafford and, and, and Lamar Jackson, all them didn't they only got in the mid-20s. So if you're getting that already, you're guaranteed in the top. And we've just seen Mahomes just be an absolutely – generational type quarterback who's most likely going to be getting close to another Super Bowl. So yeah, nothing bad to say about these guys. It's just, I like Dak more. You like Mahomes more. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, that's an easy end to the quarterbacks. <laughs> I think yeah, a really easy. end. I like kind of like with the running backs, like I think naturally a lot of this league and a lot of just our other listeners and viewers out there, if you were to say, who's the, who's going to be the best quarterback this year? Almost everyone's going to say Mahomes. A lot of people aren't going to say Dak, but he's going to be in the top. Who's going to be the number one running back this year? A lot of people are going to say McCaffrey. A lot of people are going to say Dalvin. So real easy end to the quarterbacks here. Uh, you know, I might have a couple of detractors with the whole Dak thing, but just look at the look at the history and look at that team and, and try to make a case for it to not be the way, not be that way. And I'm excited to see what he can do this year. And he's going to be the sole, he's going to, he's going to be the sole reason why the whole 
suit face sneak squad actually wins a couple games probably <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have a 60 point game and then i'm gonna get three from everyone else and i'm still gonna somehow win that's definitely gonna happen well Sheik, that was fun that's the top 12 ranks like we did last week let's kind of talk about some of the other guys that we considered or we could see jumping into our top 12 you want to go first yeah, I'll go first. I'm back on that bull shoot with uh, Daniel Jones. <laughs> there he is. He is my sneaky, sneaky guy. Last year, Daniel Jones finished as the number 24 quarterback. They added Golly. They added Kenny Galladay. Uh, Saquon is back. Uh, they Did they draft somebody? I don't even remember. They drafted Tooney or whatever. My sneaky guy for – to. Uh, knock on the door of that top 12 ranking is Daniel Jones. Last year, I predicted him to be, what, the top eight fantasy player overall. <laughs> oh, man, that's, sneaky. that's so funny. But I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to double down. Daniel Jones is going to be knocking on that door, and that sneaky guy could sneak into the top 12 if any of these other guys either has an injury or what have you. Daniel Jones is going to have a lot better year this year and predicting him to jump close to 12 spots in those rankings. I mean, I cannot fault you for that. <laughs> Got to stick to your guy. I mean, you can fault me for it, but you like you like the gumption. You like the, the I'm just going to stick with it, and nobody's going to tell me otherwise. <laughs> well, back to uh, back to rushing quarterback stats, Juge. Yep. Daniel Jones had like a 90 yard rush last year, so he's got he's got some wheels. He couldn't finish that run. <laughs> he did. He just got tripped up. Oh, great. He was going too fast for his body, but I mean that's pretty good. Like that was breakaway. That was Terrell Pryor type stuff. Ooh, harken back to those days. Love him. Uh, my guy. Oh, actually, we totally forgot to mention this. So we're probably gonna get a lot of text up to this point until the until they listen to this. We didn't rank Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers because we didn't know what they're gonna do. We we are of the opinion that Aaron Rodgers is not going to play this year. Some reporting is saying that he might now and it's even more likely, but until we know for sure, like can't rank him. And I'll, obviously we're going to stick to our, stick to our thoughts that he's not going to play. And then Deshaun, I mean, that legal thing is weird and crazy. I don't, I'm not going to comment on it as far as like what I think happened or whatever, but also too much unknown to rank and count on this year. So if we get news that he's full go, yeah, he's definitely jumping in. Both of our top calls, I'm sure, same with Aaron Rodgers. But uh, until that point, we just have to wait and see. Yeah, until that point, it's you got to leave him off those lists. So my guy that I will put in is uh, – I don't know why I feel this way, but I still am a believer in Sam Darnold. Okay. And he's in a new new, uh, new spot in Carolina. We've, we saw that, that offensive uh, scheme – of uh, Matt Rule is uh, pretty potent. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater wasn't a top quarterback last year, but he sustained like three top 24, I think, wide receivers. So give that group, well, minus Chris Hammond, but you give Robbie Anderson and, and DJ Moore to Sam Darnold. I think he could really succeed. Plus he's got the ultimate safety valve in Christian McCaffrey. So I could see a sneaky good year out of Darnold. You know, he plays the whole year. Some other guys get hurt. 
he could jump into that top 12 for sure and kind of surprise everybody. Yeah, I think one of the things with him is that when players that were drafted high into really bad situations that just didn't pan out and they go somewhere, they go somewhere new, new system, new coach, young options, you want to believe that they can turn it around. So, yeah, that's completely justified. And with the, yeah, with the ultimate safety valve and McCaffrey, way better options than he ever had in, in, with the Jets. So I could, I could see him. I don't know if I would say top 12, but I would, I, he's going to, I would say he's going to have a pretty good year and we're going to be okay. Like Darnold's not like horrible. He's just like a pretty decent quarterback. Yeah. Just, this is sneaky guys. Sneaky, 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 sneaky. And now let's talk rookies. And I think this is probably the most fun rookie conversation we'll have during the uh, scummer rankings because we saw five quarterbacks go in the top 15 picks of the NFL draft and they're all likely going to play this season, if not like almost right away. So I'm going to start and I'm going to say, I would, I would make my favorite rookie quarterback, Trey Lance and rusher. Hello. Hello. I don't think he's going to start like all year or even the majority of the year. I think, we go like eight games of Jimmy. They're probably hovering around, hovering around 500, and then they make the switch. I, like I, I see that as the the pathway for Trey Lance to to get on the field. So I think he'll do well in those starts, but he don't he won't play enough to be like my top fantasy rookie quarterback. You know? Okay. So I'm going with Justin Fields, who I just love. I think he should have been the number two pick, even though reports are good on Zach Wilson. I just think he's super good and he's got the best weapons probably out of all the other rookies besides Trey Lance. He's got Allen Robinson. He's got Darnell Mooney. He's got Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham as like pretty serviceable tight ends. And wait, are you talking about fields? You're talking about Lance fields right now. Okay. Yeah. So fields is my pick. Oh, fields. I thought, I thought Trey Lance was your pick. Trey Lance would would be my pick if I thought he was going to play more. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Fields is my official pick because he's got good weapons and he's really good. Yeah, no, I mean, I picked Fields as well for my rookie. Obviously, we're always on the same wavelength at some point in every show. Uh, I was a, I'm was, i a big Fields guy from the, from the jump, from the beginning, coming out of Ohio State. I think a really good spot with the Bears. And I know they're all like, oh, Dalton's going to be our starter. Well, Dalton, week one, they play, they play at the Rams. Dalton is going to get sacked probably four times, probably going to have like three picks and that's going to be, he's going to be done. He's going to be on the bench. Week two is the Bengals put fields in there and then you're good. Yeah. If, if fields doesn't win the job outright before the season starts, I don't think it'll be more than like two games before he's in. So I agree with you. I, I truly don't believe that the bears, no matter what happens, they're not going to start fields week one, almost because they know they're playing at the Rams and they're going to be like, well, this is going to be our justification. We're going to go out there and Dalton's going to get destroyed and have a horrible game. And then we can justify putting fields in there because of that. And yeah, I, I think it's just all aligned fields goes in there. And like you said, Mooney Robinson, a couple young, one young, one old vet tight end Montgomery still young in the backfield to Cohen coming back from injury. Like he's just got up. He's got way more options than a Lance or Lawrence or uh, uh, Wilson. I'm just, I'm not a Wilson guy at all. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that's an easy call and I expect big, big things from fields. That's so funny that I think like you don't, 
you got an NFL team like, all right, we we traded up for Justin Fields. He's our future. We love him. Let's let's not serve him up on a platter for Aaron Donald the first game of his career. <laughs> I just like that thinking of that meeting where they have like Matt Nagy in there and he's like, all right, here's what we're gonna do. And then the front office is like, no, no matter what happens, don't start in week one. <laughs> well, that's the quarterbacks, everybody. I think that you, Sneak, were saying earlier that these were kind of easy rankings for you. And I, I don't know if, um, if everyone will think the same. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see what everyone says about that because I had a tough time getting towards the end, especially again, without Rogers, without Watson, but we want to know what you guys think. We want to hear your hate on our list. Yeah. Share your thoughts, uh, yell at us, talk about how stupid we are and we don't know anything because that's how this thing goes, but it's going to be interesting. And I'm excited to see some big games from a lot of the, and I, I think what it is also is another thing about the quarterback position. And I'll go ahead and go on a little rant before we wrap it up is quarterbacks are, are very, are very important. Not as important as a running back because running backs aren't as deep, but quarterbacks are out here getting you your probably your most points that you get at the position. So it's, it's, it's such a crazy fun. Like for me, I was having a heck of a year last year when, Dak was getting like 40 and 50 points like week in and week out. Those first almost just like, this is so much fun. So when you get a, a quarterback or a player that just has the potential to have those massive blow-up games, you can really turn the tide with your week to week and how you kind of structure and what you're doing going forward and how you kind of think to manage your team in the future. So yeah, any of these type Dak, Mahomes, Russ, Allen, Herb, uh, you know, even a, I guess Kyler and Lamar, depending on their rushing games. They can have such big games to where you're just like, well, I basically won because I've just got 50 points for my quarterback. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so good to have a strong, strong quarterback. But there's a lot of them, to your point. Yes, there is a lot of them. And so a lot of people out there are sitting really pretty with some of these quarterbacks. And those who feel like that they're a little bit question mark on their quarterbacks, come take a walk with me because I've got lots to go around. I think the only person that's not happy with our quarterback situation is Eric. And then he's just going to draft Lawrence and fields though. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, guys. Well, that's the show for this week. That's the quarterback ranks. We'll be, we'll be back with you next week to do another position ranks and a little tease. We might have a special guest with some announcements. Ooh, Ooh that's exciting. Get excited. All right, folks, have a great week. We'll talk to you then. Bye.
Fields. Just so dude, I was gonna pick Fields. <laughs>